Welcome to the CBGS podcast brought to you by Aspen Waits. And of course, CBGS stands for the Complete Business Growth Service, as has been pointed out to me by my very learned colleague, Mr. Curry, who is joining me today. I am, of course, Mr. Waits. Hello, Mr. Curry. Hello, Mr. Waits. How are you today? I've been practicing my 1920s voice. Hello, this is the FA Cup final. Very good, don't you think? Anyway, I'm with Mr. Curry today because... Mr. Armstrong jilted me for his real lover, Mark Carey, the other day, and so to get my own back, today I'm joined by Mr. Curry, who will now take over in the, in the guise of Mr. Armstrong. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> Appreciate the, uh, the warm welcome. <laughs> yes, I'm not entirely sure what Drew's up to, but um, we do let him know. No good, no doubt. The odd day off here and there. So, how has how your week been? Um, it was my birthday this week, so I'm, I'm three quarters dead now, probably about two-thirds depending on your point of view um, unless unless they obviously manage to freeze my brain and stick it into into diddles or something they could put it in like um, a jar of like in Futurama and then a jar of jelly babies would yes. be quite nice then I would be happy so um, so this week um, including Mr Curry we went to the races as is normal on Mr Waite's birthday uh, it was very nice because uh, I was joined by my brother my nephew and my niece my niece is now 14 and she's already bigger than my nephew and a uh, wonderfully talented uh, horse rider in her, her own uh, account we had the usual splendid day at Taunton they're always very pleased to see us and um, <laughs> we didn't lose too much money I don't think in well fact, speak for yourself um, did not have a great day <laughs> on the GG's in fact my brother won uh, over, my brother and nephew won over £300 because they have a quite a close association with the David Pipe stable uh, and their horse called Ayrton uh, won the Aspen Weight Complete Business Growth Service Hurdle, Novices Hurdle, at 20 to 1, would you That's believe, Ross? Nice of them to share yeah. yes. the, uh, the winning knowledge. Um, had lots of, uh, lots of meetings up and down the country this week. I've been to the Midlands and to uh, Top of the Valleys and into South Wales. Uh, another uh, frenetic week. Uh, and things can only get worse or better, depending on your point of view. Uh, Ross has also been to Wales, haven't you, Ross? I have. I spent the day yesterday uh, with four lovely Welsh ladies. Trying to... <laughs> yeah, they, all, they, all, they all try to get his... his, his what is, you know... I, I don't think we need to... There's doobie-doos. We don't need to discuss that. We don't, do we? No. Not, not with Jennifer listening. No. We are helping them <laughs> get set up online um, and, and run a, an e-commerce website, which has proven to be quite an interesting experience, but uh-huh. I think they're getting there. So we look forward to seeing how that sort of pans out over the coming weeks. Yes, um, so uh, I just like to, I'd like to thank Ben. Uh, so Ben, Ben, uh, who's in charge of our R and D department, um, is uh, as as conscientious and committed as as anyone you will ever find. And uh, I'm very pleased to say he's moving house today. So we wish him all the best. The he best certainly deserves it because he's a top bloke. Uh, not bad since I've known him since he was a baby. So I'm sure I can take a lot of credit for that. But uh, we won't go into that now, eh? story for perhaps another time so today because Ross is not quite so musically uh, orientated as Mr Armstrong um, we are just going to play out with with some music today we're not going to have two so uh, what are we talking about today then Rossi so today I thought we would discuss time management and how to effectively manage one's time Um, this is an issue that is of interest to me as someone who has horrendous (laughs) time management um, and is quite generally disorganised. So I thought, seeing as you've obviously grown your business over the years, 
how you've managed your time going from a one-man band up to you know the chief executive of Aspen Waits today. Is that a question? That's not a question. That's just a, a rather lengthy oh, way. Is there more? Is there more? Is there more to come? Of introducing you know sort of the subject matter. Okay. Um, one thing you regularly tell me is there's no such thing as being too busy. And uh, when I use that excuse as to why I haven't done something, um, I get that look. So, as someone who has an ever-increasing and demanding workload, I do think I need to be qualified, by the way, before listeners. But okay, carry on. Um, sort of, what what would you say to someone that has too busy syndrome and suffers from being too busy? So just to be clear about this, so um, what what actually I do say to Ross, and, I, and, and it's not just to Ross, it's to um, to anybody uh, that works for me. Uh, for instance, at the moment, it's uh, you'd have to be pretty dumb not to uh, recognise that Julie Oxbury, our beloved financial controller, and who sported a rather lovely ladies' Rupert Bear outfit, I thought on Tuesday, um, is, is 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 almost certainly going to be drowning in paperwork uh, in the weeks to come. So uh, I have alerted her to this. Uh, and when I say to Ross that uh, being too busy is not acceptable, what I mean by that, uh, which is a, a slightly different point than the ones we're going to make about how to uh, how to, to plan your time better and, and make the most of your uh, hours on this, on this, on this beautiful planet. Um, so in Ross's case, uh, Ross isn't necessarily particularly good at deciding um, in what, which order he should do things, etc. And... Uh, and equally, which is why which is why he's such a wonderful curry, and you would never want to go to a better curry house than the Ross's curry house. Um, he's got a very big heart and um, very kind man. Nothing's too much trouble. That could also be his downfall because uh, he can have a uh, hundred units of work to do himself, uh, and then join in uh, the, the team on some challenge or whatever. Uh, obviously distracting him from his other duties which is great in terms of his his attitude but um, uh, does mean for instance that, that certain key tasks may not be done on time and that may lead to some dis- 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 some degree of dissatisfaction hey that was a good one uh, from, uh, from clients or if it's internal me of course so what I would say to Ross is uh so at the moment, uh, we've now got three people, haven't we, in our marketing department? We do. Growing uh, by the day. Wonderful marketing department. Um, so if we said, for instance, that th- those three people had 300 units of labour, um, my point to Ross is, if Ross knows that uh, the workload goes up to 350 units, uh, turning around to me and saying that uh, effectively one-sixth of all the work hasn't been done because he can't possibly do it is not going to make Mr. Wake very happy. So... What is, a, what is the right answer is to say, uh, we can't do all this work, Mr. Waite. We need to recruit a part-time member of the department or even a full-time one because we know that, um, you know, within very, you know, because the, the company is growing, that 350 units will become 400 units within an acceptable amount of time. So, so. Re- recruitment is obviously one way to deal with an increasing sort of workload. Um, but also something I struggle with, and, and perhaps many others, uh, would be effective delegation. Yeah, it playing you know that plays a big part in running either a business or your job role efficiently. Um, Paul, you you know you encourage us to make our own decisions um, and back them unless they're really wrong. Um, <laughs> so I mean, trust is a huge factor in that. You know, you trust in us to do the best. Yeah. Um, do you have any advice on effective delegation and, and how you've managed that over the years? I think um, 
Delegation is something that, on the whole, is done very poorly by um, business business leaders, directors, even managers. Uh, in fact, there are people inside this office uh, and other Aspenway offices um, who don't share my um, my natural uh, desire to look after the the, the, the less uh, experienced members of the office, for instance. Um, so you you know it depends to some extent on your personality. So. You get obviously you get leaders, followers, and people who are neither. Uh, what what tends to happen quite often with uh, company directors and managers is they build up an increasing amount of work with ladies. I used to re- I often refer to that as building a nest. So they have this nest and they put more and more eggs into it because because they're willing, and you end up with the nest having more eggs in it than they know what to do with, and then that causes a lot of lot of trouble. Including could can cause obviously massive stress, worry. You could break an egg. <laughs> well, it's, it's, a, it's a metaphorical, uh, a metaphorical egg, Ross. It's a real egg, like you're not a real curry. Um, you're just a pretend curry. I, I like to see jokes out of you. So, um, I think uh, probably the, the the key start with with any uh, business person in terms of if they want to aspire to be the best then I think you need to make one central decision, which is to recognise to recognize that and, and make decisions consistent with that. Uh, some people are very uncomfortable with the, with, the, with the prospect of delegating to other people. It doesn't come, doesn't come naturally to them. Because uh, I, I, I've been involved in training probably since, what, for 35 years now, um, it's something that comes very naturally to me, uh, as does, you know, helping people to do anything. So... You know, I, I I don't have. In fact, if anything, I'm more involved in say account training now than I would have been at any point in the last ten mm. years, um, for various reasons. I think it comes down to being a team player again, which is something that everyone in Aspenway is very good at. I think we're all um, happy to take up the slack, or if there's a, a problem, we step in and, uh, and we fill we fill the gap. So uh, I am doing uh, a lot more training now. So I think the attitude is the first thing. So you've got to recognise the problem and and actually say, I'm, I can't do my job to my uh, utmost ability. Uh, I won't be able to take my business to where it needs to go unless I change. I need to change. Um, and that can happen, obviously, that can happen internally and externally. So uh, there can be uh, internal training, on-the-job training, depending on what, what level you're at. Use of technology. Uh, yeah, he uses technology. So obviously, in Ross's case, uh, I or you know, I, I can help him uh, inside. And then, of course, you've got um, external training, which is always always a good thing. So uh, you know, you 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 actually take external advice from people. Uh, you run courses on on things like this. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I personally have attended a time management course. Um, couple of months ago and it was it was kind of interesting <laughs> looking at some of the techniques but um it is quite difficult to put into practice um especially in quite a dynamic workplace environment um and i personally also have a lot of trouble letting go so i'd say kind of hang on to work that i could probably let someone else do i don't know if there's any sort of tips you have for you know giving giving that trust and responsibility to someone else i think um yeah, so if we look at um, some of um, some of my maxims, which obviously, as I am the boss, I can introduce into Aspen Way. So one of those is what I call life's ladder, uh, which is which is which is answering Ross's immediate question. So 
the way I look at it, and I say to people, so if you take uh, the bottom of the floor being the bottom of the ladder and the ceiling as being the top of the ladder, uh, the bottom of the ladder is, is people starting out. So that would be a junior trainee on day one. Yep. And I would be at the top of the ladder, for instance, you know, and you're probably about four-fifths of the way up or something at the moment. Say something like that, you know. Um, and then the whole point is, is you need to understand uh, the aspirations of each of your colleagues. So some people might ever, never want to go higher than half, say, um, or they might go or a third or whatever it is. You can have other people who say, no, no, you know, I want to be on the top. Yep. So um, I think it's a case of uh, understanding that. And then on top of that, one of my, my, one of my maxims as, as a worker as a, and also as a boss is I believe you should never do anything that someone else below you could do. All right. So if, if someone in the office could do what I was proposing to do, I shouldn't be doing it. I should yep. be doing it to them. The only reason why you wouldn't do that would be if there was client pressure, for instance, the client particularly said, you've got to do this, you know? Sure. So sort of uh, yeah, extenuating. But otherwise, you know, my, my view is uh, you clear your desk of all the stuff you can give to other people and you concentrate. And of course, you just look at it from the point of view, the point of, view of profit as well. What you really want is you want, uh, you want your Rolls-Royce workers working on Rolls-Royce engines and your Skoda workers working on Skoda engines uh, and not really mixing it up. So, you know, efficient delegation can mean that you allocate work to the people who most, you know, most suited. The other thing, which is a very good tip, which I was taught by a, a chap called Neil Hodge. He was a very um, accomplished cyclist, cycled for Wales, and his sister, uh, Sally Hodge, in fact, was a Commonwealth medalist, I believe, if I remember rightly. Uh, he was a wonderful chap, big influence on me uh, at Deloitte in Cardiff, treated me extremely well. And one of the things I remember him saying to me was if you're in charge of, this was in this case, it was an audit, but the, the maxim applies to any, any sort of business. The point was, if you were in charge of an audit, never do the most difficult work yourself. You give the difficult work to your second best person. Do you know what I mean? Which frees well, you up to then... So then you can manage, them. you know. Um, one, sort of looking at Ross's question in a, in a wider way, um, people often say to me, actually, without sounding arrogant, um, you know, I, don't, I just don't know how you manage to do it all. I don't know how you feel. Do you ever go to sleep or do you ever do this? And... Um, and I guess because I've always done what I do, I don't really question it. You know, it, it does seem quite obvious to me that uh, my output is extraordinarily large compared to an average person. Um, and of course, you know, um, and, and, and the, 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 this week, for instance, I've been very conscious uh, when I when I uh, retired to my bed, very, very tired in a Crick Howell in a beautiful hotel called Glyphes um this week um i was very very conscious given the activity of that day and the phone calls that had lasted almost all evening uh from my super super people like ron jones of helios who's on a mission to 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 get the planet converted to aspen weight this was pretty much he is a man on a mission and um you know you 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 do sit there sometimes and think god you know what's my life going to be like but um you know, so there have been times uh, where I have, would have to admit I myself was out of control. Uh, so one of my tips for that, so my default, what I, what, I, what I do, I've got several defaults 
that I said. One is, um, I will never do anything other than give best advice. Uh, most importantly in this case, uh, my default position is never to let customers down. So if I've got uh, 200, 200 units of work to do and I can only do 100 units, then I make sure that anything that's to do with the customer comes first. Yep. So I will never compromise on my service levels. I, I, I believe that it's probably, I can't, it'd, it'd be hard pressed to think of a business where this didn't apply. So, you know, business is all about service, 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 service. It's all about people. So recruiting the best people, looking after them, motivating them, training them. Uh, the clients are people, recognizing their people, their flesh and blood, uh, making them happy, being responsive, looking after them. So I think um, it's very important. One of the things, uh, and this is not meant to be uh, sexist, it's, a, it's an honest observation. As I say, one of the things that's been um, quite hard, actually, and sometimes a bit sad, is because I have been involved in training for 35 years, I've seen far too often um, people rise from fairly junior ranks to actually positions of quite seniority um, and, they, and they, they're able to do that because of their natural commercial and operational ability which is something greater than what you can t- teach somebody some people have just got it sort of inherent you know people have got an inherent and, and, and you know you throw them in and they'll swim and you say swim another 10 metres and they swim another 10 metres you know and uh, you throw more and more at them and they do it if you don't give that person the tools and what I mean by the tools really is that probably the mental tools, you know, the personal development training to go alongside. And, and the opportunity, uh, indeed, to actually do that in the first place. Well, there, yeah, there, there is that, which obviously is part of the delegation thing. But uh, what, you know, well, I've, you know, the analogy about the nest is, 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 is all too real. So, you know, you find someone, for instance, that rises to, to middle management. Uh, they've got five eggs in the nest, in my example. They then put another three in. Uh, I've, I've, I have on numerous occasions worked with people who it's obvious to me as a, an empathic employer I'd say that the bird is sitting in the nest and it simply doesn't know what to do to get them hatched yeah, that would be the analogy so actually none of the bird, none of the eggs are hatching because the bird has got too many eggs to look after it can only look after five or whatever yep and um, what I've done quite often actually is to say to that person right come into my room every Friday and tell me what, what what your egg, egg, eggs are basically so I say so you know egg one is I've got to do I've got to do the accounts for Bert you know by whatever and number two is I've got to do this and and then it's a case of turning around and saying okay so uh, seven is the most important so you might say seven six three eight one four or whatever you know they, those are that is actually uh, the priority you should do things in yeah so you're actually you're actually giving that person guidance and helping them out of their fog now obviously ideally what you want to be able to do is 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 the person to get to that point on their own yes without any i think um you know it's 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 actually something which it's quite a good topic that ross has picked because uh i definitely believe that man management is something which is extremely badly done by (coughs) the majority of people um you know, we, we're probably dealing with 500 businesses a year, for instance, in terms of doing R&D credits. Uh, and 
I don't know what you think, Ross. I reckon probably half of those people um, pulled the two busy cars. Yeah, almost certainly. I think with yeah, their priorities are different to ours, um, and indeed. So they'll, they'll say, you know, I haven't got time to do the questionnaire because I'm too busy. You know. And one of the things I often say to people is, um, you know, look, you know, you probably need to spend seven hours doing this. You tell me what else you're going to do that's going to get you seven thousand pounds an hour. You know. Uh, allocate your time to do this but you get a lot of people um, who who basically think that uh, business is, is is all about getting your hands dirty if you like so unless you're doing proper operational working that's not proper working whereas of course um, working in the business not on the business exactly very one. good sir so obviously you know what you need uh, to be a successful uh, entrepreneur uh, is is to have that thinking time the time when you're planning because of course we, we, we have discussed in previous episodes that there is no more important word in business than planning so you, you plan your time you make sure you have quality time to make the right decisions because if you just keep end up doing then you'll go nowhere and you'll just end up in a quagmire well on, on that note of, of making time to plan and, and sort of reflect on decisions um, I know that you have regular coaching sessions with uh, John Holden yes um, how do you find that as part of your overall time management and, and organizing your life because I know, I know you make time to see him every month and sort of you know digest and, and talk things through really um, if you'd said to me more than two years ago that I would want to have a coach I wouldn't have believed you although to be fair I did perhaps two years is perhaps two years is not far enough back because um, I did I did have sessions with Steve Jones um, who I who I still call coach to this day um, John Holden um, is somebody uh, I have tremendous respect for uh, who earns my respect uh, by offering some risk time for me and then got me very quickly to the point of, sort of get out of my head holding you bastards sort of thing you know um, most of the time and I, I'm not pretending that every single session we have is absolutely brilliant and wonderful um, there have been several coaching sessions with John where either uh, I've walked into the meeting with a foggy brain as I call it so you know the brain is like stuffed full of ideas but I can't quite see where to go <coughs> and John's very good at sort of um, sort of taking taking you taking you through everything and and quite often the, the fog will lift the other thing of course is uh, he makes me feel in this impossibly hard to answer a questionnaire really uh really 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 challenging um so of course it, it it forces you before the meeting to think about you know what's good in your life what's bad in your life what are the problems are what are you looking to do all these sort of things you know so um again there have been um even recently one particularly good coaching session where i was extremely troubled uh in terms of how to deal with a situation inside another Aspen Wake company and um, through the session with John it became very clear so I think um, what, what, does, what does that really prove I think uh, one of the things that other than planning that people need to do is talk to other people so just actually getting out of your office and engaging in a conversation with anyone can potentially lead to great things uh, I see it 
over and over again. In fact, quite often when I've been out and I come back into the office, I say to people, I shouldn't be allowed out. Uh, They're dangerous. Yeah, you talk to people and, and <laughs> you know, you sit down and have a meeting with a catering company and then they start talking about radio. That's a, that's a very real example, you know. Uh, so you have no idea that these, these people are just caterers and then they find out that they have a career in radio or um, they're involved in glass recycling or, you know, or something like that, you know. And, um, yeah, so, you know, so, so uh, I think also, you know, just talking, uh, unburdening to another person is incredibly helpful. Thing Especially like an impartial person such as yeah. John uh, really helps unload and reflect on the decisions you've made. It's, it's effectively delegating. You know. Yeah. Well, one of, the things, one of the things I always say to him is, um, which I think is extremely important for anyone listening to this, if they're going to do this, it's incredibly important to tell the truth no matter how bad it makes you look. So I always tell him the truth. It's a bit like therapy, really. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'll say, you know, this person's really pissing me off or this person's causing me trouble or uh, I, I genuinely don't know what to do about that. Or quite, sometimes what happens is, you know, as, as people would have heard me say many times, I haven't had two lives. So any given situation, I try to deal with that situation truly the best I can on its merits doesn't mean to say that I'm always certain that what I've done is perfect or the right thing. And so I, I might turn around to him and say, this happened this week. Um, I, I was quite hard on the person, so. And he'll yeah, we'll go through the facts and he'll say, and then usually what happens, he says to me, no, you were absolutely right to be hard. You did the right thing. So it's a feeling of, um, like you say, it's almost like talking to a priest or something, a feeling of sort of... Um, being absolved from you know your your heart is is less heavy or something. reassurance or validation <laughs> yeah, of, really, of what you've done yeah reassurance uh, that you're you're on the right line which so. I guess helps with the improving your own management style and, and how you look after people is yeah so that. you know going back to the kill cool thing so obviously prioritization is um, prioritization is uh, incredibly important and having great people around you so you know again one of the things we've discussed in the past is um, a business is only as great as the people in it. So if you have great people, then you've got a good chance of having sure, a great business. business. So one of the, one of the things that um, I believe in, for instance, is things like sharing. You know, I say to all of my uh, business partners, whether they're uh, in catering or glass or they're accountants or the coaches, if I'm involved in something, you can be involved in it as well. Um, one of the other things that um, is a bit of an Aspen Wake thing is... Um, if for instance Ross particularly likes um, designing you know what about black screens or something then uh, he's allowed to do that because we never want to take away from we never want to take away from someone uh, something that they really enjoy to encourage their you know, but, their interest but, in their skills yeah, Ben for instance likes to do a set of accounts now and again mm-hmm. yeah, to keep his hand in and I'm not the sort of person who'd say well he's the R&D director he shouldn't be doing that you know I think happy happy people are um, are motivated people very good. thought we could wrap up by just asking, you know, what are some of the early warning signs that you need help managing your time or delegating better? There's, there's obviously going to be cracks start to show. Well, yeah, I mean, obvious ones. Again, you know, just thinking what's happened, happened to myself before. So um, double booking appointments. Forgetting not appointments. turning up for appointments. Uh, not having a system to record your appointments properly. I, I for instance, must admit that I have an appointment at Musgrove Park Hospital, which I know is the week after next, but I have no idea when it is. 
Uh, so I, I will have to phone up the hospital today and say, I remember, sorry. I I'm, I'm sure Tina will know. She doesn't know. No, no, really. no, no, it's a failure in the system, you see, <laughs> uh, or the lack of system. Um, so, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, clearly, and, and I think I think everyone knows when, when the system is failing because you feel under terrible pressure. Um, you're not, you're not, you know, you're, you're, you're operating um, under a very high intensity environment all the time. Might start working longer hours, staying late. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, you're, you're getting told off by your wife or your girlfriend because you're coming home late. Um, you perhaps you miss deadlines. Um, you find yourself in a situation where uh, all the work you're doing is must-do work. So you're never actually touching the work which is like to do work. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. It's just doing the must-do work all the time. Firefighting so, and last Yeah, so I think, you know, I, 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 and, and I think, you know, uh, a lot of people will say, oh, I can't do that, I'm too busy. So I think, I don't, I don't think awareness is, a, is much of a problem, actually. I think people know when they're too busy. I think the problem is, is that they could organise themselves better so they weren't so busy. busy. Um, and a lot of that comes down to confidence as well, doesn't it? Because obviously in its simplest form, um, if someone is too busy, um, if 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 the workforce around them was working at full capacity, then in theory there would be nobody to push the work to. What what you might be able to do, however, which would be the good answer, would be if you had ten people in an organisation, and uh, maybe what you could do is uh, let's say the boss had twice twice as much to work to you know two hundred units to work when you can do hundred. Take take the extra hundred and then give that to the next best people, so they're doing high level work. And then perhaps then recruit another trainee or something, you know? That would be a very progressive thing to do, wouldn't it? Relieve the burden and then alleviate the burden. Yeah, I think yeah, also, you know, sharing, having meetings, talking to your, talking to your colleagues and, um, and having a long-term plan as well. It's very important uh, you know where you're going because um, in itself, being out of control can be more or less of a problem depending on the nature of the company. Now, if you take us at the moment with rapid growth, if we don't keep pace, if our systems don't keep pace with our rapid growth, then we're going to have a lot of problems. Yes, going to fall behind. You know, so uh, I think I think it's uh, uh, awareness uh, and then proactively doing something about it is um, incredibly important. Okay, great. So, so sort of take a step back, review things, and sort of see where you're at with everything, and, and make a plan <coughs> to organise your time better. Yeah, I mean, I think certainly, you know, the, the sort of boss that runs around on their own, never talks to other people, doesn't have meetings, rushes around 10 miles, 10 million miles an hour, drives 50,000 miles a year, um, is not in a good place because, you know, that business is, is just operating on, well, it's just like the, you know, the oil level being red all the time, you know. It's just not sustainable. It would, uh, certainly not for a, a growth model, that's for sure. Very easy to burn out. And probably not very sustainable for the person's, he- person's health, to be, to be honest. Not healthy at all. Yeah. Got to make time for Paul. Got to, got, to, got to make time to have a nice curry on a Friday afternoon. Always. Yes. Well, I think that just about wraps up our uh, take on time management. Okay. Or lack thereof. Um, we are running more or less to time. So the song that Paul has chosen this week is What Kind of Fool by All About One. Oh, no. <laughs> All about Eve. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can redo that if you want. That's all right. Well, I think it's quite funny. It's the sort of thing Drew would say. <laughs> so, so um, what kind uh, of fool indeed? Yeah, so um, all, all About Eve are a prog rock band um, uh, headed by Julianne Regan, who's uh, got a fantastic voice. Um, 
actually for a band of their type sort of folky prog rock um, crossing over almost into goth, gothy rock as well sometimes um, they they actually were reasonably famous um, uh, their, their best known song is Martha's Harbour which I think got into the top 10 four of their albums got in the top 50 in the UK um, they were on top of the pop several times a very influential band uh, I resisted the temptation to play if if um, if Drew had been here and I'd been allowed to play two tracks I would have played Martha's Harbour and another track um, as the one of the points about um, the music bit of the show is supposed to be educational trying to um, introduce music that you may not have heard before to you and I've been very very um, heartened and delighted by the reaction to some of the tracks I've picked uh, you know for instance um, the Renaissance track I picked three weeks ago which lasted 11 minutes and I had people saying which just you know blew their minds you know um, which is which is which is really good to hear so rather than pick the biggest hit of um, All About Eve I picked a song called What Kind of Fool uh, which has got fantastic lyrics, really well sung, and it's and it's it's got lots of different instruments going on, and I think it sort of showcases all about Eve very well. And obviously, what I'd like people to do as a result of listening to this is is to go and listen to more tracks from people we feature. So um, we're playing out today. Uh, before I hand over to Ross to say goodbye to you all, um, with a really good track called "What Kind of Fool" by All About Eve. Uh, look forward to. Uh, Wells playing England this week with some degree of trepidation it said um, and I hand you over to the inimitable Mr Curry to say goodbye thank you Paul and thank you to our listeners uh, we hope that you found this enjoyable and have a few good takeaways um, as always we welcome any feedback so please feel free to send those to either Paul myself or or Drew or Drew indeed um, and normal service will resume next Friday And the moon, though she's brighter and cloudy.